you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch was probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, the cool thing about this episode we're going to do right now is it's someone that I've interviewed before, but in a very different setting. And I think that maybe a good place to start off would just be to talk about that because it's been a few years now, but we met doing an interview like this, but but a video one with the uh, people from Mom's House. And that was, uh, I think I might have been my first uh, appearance guest hosting for them too. So it was uh, kind of cool that you were the, the test case, I guess, for them them having me around a few more times to uh, do the show. But um, before we even get into that, if you want to just introduce yourself and maybe give a bit of background about what you do musically, we can go from there. Sure. My name is Jason Eastwood. I, that's funny. That's your, your first time that uh, you interviewed for that. I thought you did it all the time. No, no. They great. just called me. Uh, they asked me kind of randomly, do you want to help out and do a couple episodes? So I said, sure. That's awesome. But uh, no, I, I uh, basically I, I play, um, I do all kinds of music. I do solo guitar music. I do kind of psychedelic rock and uh you know, I've recorded a lot of different music actually through the last, you know, 35 years that I've been doing it. So I, I think of myself as a guitar player, singer, songwriter, and, you know, a, a solo guitarist. Um, I've written music for a symphony in, in Nova Scotia. So, oh, cool. um, you know, I, just, I started just working with tape recorders and a little four track tape when I was in grade eight and recording my own music. And, because of Randy Rhodes, I took right some on. classical guitar lessons, so I got right into that. And then when I was in high school, I got I played with Dave, Big Dave McLean, and I got really into the blues after that. So, I mean, I'm like, uh, you know, I, I, I guess a musical kind of uh, a traveler. Where I just like, I like the journey. I like all the styles. So I've played in, in many different kind of incarnations of bands and solo music over the years. Well, I think that was kind of the, uh, the the cool thing about you too is that you've been doing this for a long time and not necessarily in the spotlight. Like you've been you've been working with other people, you've been doing all kinds of music that maybe isn't necessarily getting heard by by large crowds, but it's out there and you're just like kind of involved. You have like a hand in all these different baskets, and you're you're you've been active for for decades now. Yeah, absolutely. I do think of myself as kind of an underground musician because I've never really been in that in that scene, that yeah. main scene. But, you know, even in, in high school, I would do uh, four track tapes and just get together with my band, uh, friends and we'd record songs and uh, write songs. And uh, and then I got into jazz really heavily in high school. And uh, and uh, but but as far as the the scene, so, it, you know, back doing those four track albums and playing with just local bands in the in the area, we never really. Uh, we were always trying to do something different. At least I was trying to do something different, record my own music. But anyway, anyway I moved to BC in 1999 from Winnipeg. And uh, from there, I start, I moved there with a guy named John, Electric John Negrich. And he's been a friend of mine. He's also a spoken word artist and kind of an underground artist. And he records a lot of music as well. So me and him started doing stuff together when we were seven years old, just with tape recorders. And um, we had a band called Bass Ship, okay. and, and, and this was in the 90s when I kind of stopped playing guitar. I, play, I actually started teaching guitar at a place called Colts Music on, in McPhillips uh, when I was in high school. And I taught there actually from about 1988 till 1999. So I was playing guitar, like I was teaching like 70 students a week, and oh. I, I got pretty sick of guitar playing. So I got really into the electronic scene. And uh, what I did with that band is I, I ran, a, I bought an MPC 2000 in 1997. Actually, me and him both bought it. We walked into Long and McQuaid 
and uh, on court, and they hadn't really heard of it yet. So uh, that was a funny story, actually, because we had $3,000 on us. And, you know, we looked like scruffy yeah. you know, street bum kids, musicians, and nobody would serve us. And I love Long and McQuaid. I've worked there now. I told this to the, the Jack Long, who runs Long and McQuaid. But we walked in there with $3,000, and we couldn't get anybody to help us. And Johnny is a little bit of a hothead. He squeezes us, here you go. This is the sale you're losing today. And he holds up the $3,000. We're walking out. Glenn McCray's like there was a manager said wait 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 what do you guys need we bought this this incredible uh, mpc 2000 so if you don't know what an mpc is it's an incredible beat machine like yeah. all hip-hop in the 90s was made on it and uh we started doing electronic music and uh hanging out with uh with aaron funk and uh fraser runciman he used to play with the exploited and okay. uh, he go, go, goes by fanny at least in the 90s but we played some shows. We actually played some shows with Aaron. That was really cool. Venetian Snares, for anybody who doesn't know who he is. Yeah, yeah. And that was a neat scene because it was, it was raves, too. It was uh, We used to play at the Horseshoe, which is a weird – there's a giant tiger there yeah, right that's now. that's right, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that went on. We moved out to BC to write um, – more music in the mountains. We rented a little trailer on the Columbia River in Golden. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, we did that for a few years. We played Vancouver to Winnipeg. We played a couple more gigs. We came back to the Pyramid and played. That band broke up. And then I moved back to Golden, where I lived there for eight years. And I started a band with uh, two other gentlemen, Jeremy Green and Colin Sykes. They're, Colin's from Winnipeg, too, called uh, Disaster Man. Okay. And we played, we probably played, I think we played over 700 shows. Like we, we headlined the uh, rock pit at the Shambhala festival for six years in a row. We played the Vancouver scene, the Calgary scene, and that was great. We, we put out two albums, uh, one in 2005 called prepare to be attacked. And one in 2010 called astronomy lesson number two. Um, and you know, we, we sold all those just doing shows. So yeah. we had, we had a good following and the, and the mountains was great it was a ski town so it was a great place to do uh original the thing is we were playing all originals too which i i kind of call it collage rock i guess if you want to link link us to a band we were a huge ween fan okay okay so the reason i call it collage rock is because we ripped off every style and just did our own songs based on it and then yeah then i moved to halifax actually in 2007 and i went to university again i i just showed up and they played classical guitar they said you're in i my girlfriend was actually going to the uh, Nova Scotia College of Art and Design, so I said, "I'll go with you." We got it because Disaster Man really was—we were kind of at the end of our rope, right? Uh, even though we played for in the summer for years after. So anyway, I, I did a classical guitar. Uh, I started doing classical guitar performance degree, but then I realized I could already do that, so I, I did a <laughs> competition degree, and that was way cooler because I've heard. Three years there, I got to write for string quartets, and I had a I won a little competition, so I got to write a piece for Symphony Nova Scotia, and they played it. And then I got a job teaching at the uh, at Dalhousie. They gave me a, a job teaching a course called History and Techniques of the Guitar. Oh, cool! And that was really cool. It was like the whole classical world, and then uh, I played in jazz combos there. But then. My whole family's in Winnipeg, so I had to move back here. I thought, I'm not going to make my life in Halifax. It's just like a different country. And yeah, yeah. Anyway, I bought a bunch of different things fell into it. So 15 years later, I moved back to Winnipeg after I'd moved, and it was it was funny. It was just like I was right back where I started because I was working at Long and McQuaid when I first got back here, and I was like, this is when I left. I was kind of like this. But uh, it was like I was in a different dimension for 15 years. Yeah, yeah. But it was great. And then from then, I... I joined a bunch of bands locally and I put out a, an album called LinkedIn and I started doing um, guitarfulness. I, I said, if I'm going to sell music, it has to be as a health product. I started playing yoga concerts when I was in Halifax. People love this kind of style of guitar I invented. So I started a, a website to sell relaxing guitar music and I, I put out like 18 of these albums, these little relaxing albums and it does pretty well uh and so i've been focusing on that a lot in the last three years but i also i played in some bands like with uh people might know john mcgowan he's like a local punk um you know kind of guru from back when i was i remember i met him when i was 18 he taught me a lot about music he's cool. like a musicologist who used to work at cqw and we had a band called the strange things we played around a lot and then uh once the strange things broke up i i played with personality crisis for their final show and that was amazing those are a band i grew up yeah. like i mitch funk i'd go see and with Honest John, I'm like, this band is scary and awesome <clears throat> at the rendezvous and things like that. Yeah. And then next, I know 
they through Colin Bryce, who played with the dub, dub rifles. He's a friend of mine, and he said they they're unfortunately uh, Jimmy Green, who plays with originally with Personality Crisis. He ran into all this trouble getting on a plane and getting out here for the show. Oh, okay, it was a sold out show at the at the Pyramid already. And uh, anyway, they called me the, the Tuesday. The show was on the Friday. I couldn't even get a ticket because it was sold out. I, was I remember to... that being sold out. Yeah, I remember wanting to go. Yeah. And uh, so amazingly, I couldn't even get to the show. And then they called me on the Tuesday night. And they said, can you learn all our songs by Friday? <laughs> I said, I'll do my best, man. So That's I just awesome. put on my, I got, they sent me the MP3s and I listened to them 24-7 for three days and transcribed the songs and we pulled it off. And it was, it was amazing. I was like, wow, this is like, talk about welcome back to Winnipeg. It's like, these are my idols.
I like how just over the past, like, you know, 10 minutes of talking, you've already sort of illustrated what we said at the beginning about how you've been sort of involved in everything. Because that little, yeah. that, that whole story there, just from like, you know, originally being in Winnipeg to finally ending up back here and then doing that show, there's like seven or eight genres of music that you've been involved well, with, like, in that time, right? And so many different projects and stuff. So what do you like where do you place yourself on the map as far as music goes because you've done so much already yeah i mean i, I like being kind of a musical journeyman yeah, and yeah. uh and it, it's it's odd because i think back to when i really started playing guitar and i took some lessons at the university of manitoba from this guy paul hammer who was the professor there and he said he says, teach me classical stuff and then i was playing some blues stuff he said well show me some of that and he said well what about this rock and i could play like this Every style he would play for me, like on a recording, he said, well, you can play anything you hear. I said, well, I just love all this stuff. It's all music to me. So yeah. I've just liked that ever since. But now I'm trying to focus more. Like I've been doing the solo guitar music just because it's paying. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, was yeah. like, wow. I was like, wow. In a day when, you know, gigs dried up, I found an online way to actually produce money, music and that, that actually pays money and uh, i had to really get down to marketing and building websites and all that whole scene and <clears throat> but i produce all the music i write all the music i do all the websites the copy i run all the the commerce that's all so, part of and, it now right that's you you have to basically to survive. absolutely absolutely so now that i've really honed that in with the the guitarfulness because you know and I, it was good to use that because it was it was like on the internet you kind of need. Unfortunately, I saw a Neil Young artist uh, interview that said this. He said, "You know, music should, doesn't really just sell itself." Like no. he says, "That's why I'm doing this interview right here." He's like, "You know, this is I should wish I could just record and just go back to the studio," and we all do, right? But it's like, so that's why I thought if I'm going to sell music on the internet, it has to be you know for a. a meditation and yoga and a cause and, and I could I could already I could make that stuff up it just kind of came through me and it was so easy so um, and I've had really great response like people all over the world that they send me emails about how they they listen to it every morning every night and it's it's a it's a weird democratic graphic it's it's different from all the rock stuff of course I yeah. but anyway I've seen you're right and it's all about figuring out how to be independent now and do all your own marketing and especially do all that stuff. with what's we've the world has gone through the past couple of years right it's just you can't there, there aren't any shows like you said they, they've dried up and and you need to find some alternate way and that, that's i think a very unusual <laughs> path you've taken but obviously it's working for you which is great yeah i mean it is an unusual path and it's now i'd like to apply that to going back to recording some more rock and and some singer songwriter stuff and that's what i, I really I love when I can um, record all the instruments and 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 songs. Songs is what I really I really dis I love to do the most. Yeah. Now the thing is, I, I really struggled with vocals for a long time, but I've been working on my singing a lot for the last two years. So I think that's going to help with my my new recordings that I'm working on. I'm just trying to always get better at that because I always approach music from the guitar since I started, you know, playing that when I was 11, and that was everything. It makes right? sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's your, that's your full, your, your, everything kind of goes out from there, right? It's like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of so, sense. So now I kind of want to, I just want to, I'm, I'm, I did an album called LinkedIn in 2017. With a great cover. Yeah, thanks very much. That was a, that was for a friend's art project in Halifax where it's me uh, eating a stack of hot dogs. Uh, but um, the, the, uh, now I'd like to, you know, get back to, recording all the songs like i used to do just when i was you know 13 14 15 get starting out with a four track recorder and just a drum machine a bass and a guitar and yeah. vocals and um and but you know i use logic and i've got a home studio here that i'm getting better at producing at all the time and uh so I, i'm gonna start launching some more um singer songwriter music right and i, I did another album called handlebar burrito uh, in 2009, that's all. It's more folk. It's all acoustic guitars and um, vocals. So I, I, I just love breaking the stylistic barriers and trying different things. It doesn't really work that great when we're we're just talking about marketing. I yeah. mean, this is the whole thing. It's like, well, what you got to brand yourself. You have to have an idea, and and I'm working at that too. <laughs> I'm trying to figure that out. So for my next singer songwriter stuff that I put out, it's like, well, what am I? What am I saying here? What category do I fall into? And that's all just part of the uh, the process. But 
it, it's it's like you know this is that's the stuff that uh, it's harder for me to think about rather than just saying oh this is the, this is song is going here and i'm just going to record it like this you know
does it does it feel like you're using almost a different part of your brain when you're recording like the uh, meditation stuff versus a rock song versus a folk song versus an electronic piece like or does it all come from the same place with you like uh, do you have to kind of um compartmentalize yourself i guess and think okay now this is going to be um something relaxing something chill versus this is a song that you know is a rock song or whatever yeah there definitely is a certain compartmentalization that you have to do into like for the the relaxing guitar stuff i have to put myself in a mode of um this is going to be using certain slow rhythms and a chi- and, and the certain themes that I've come up with and certain frequencies and scales that I just know from studying, you know, relaxing music and healing music around the world that works. So there's a parameters that I like to set in, right? Okay. So for the for instance that I'll sit down with a classical guitar and I'll say, here's what I'm going to use as my musical devices for this piece. Now, and when I play, uh, when I write a song on guitar with and, and vocals, if I'm doing an acoustic folk tune, I kind of do the same thing. I say, well, now I'm going to sing a melody and I'm going to use this style of voice. And but I'm just but after I decide on those parameters, you know, if I or if I sit down and, and compose a beat using Logic, right, and I put some grooves together using my MPC or whatever, uh, it's always like here's I'm going to define the parameters that I'm going to write with, but then. It try, I try my best to always use that Charlie Parker, um, you know, philosophy of like, you'll learn your theory, but when you f- play, just play. So I just try to forget it and just sit down and just feel, feel it and play. As, as much as that's a cliche, that always works the best. Yeah. Like a lot of these classical guitar albums, like I play the, the music, I'll play the songs twice, record them, and I'll never play them again. And then I hear them for like people listen to this stuff over and over and they love it. And it's it's great because I know it, come f- it came from somewhere else because I, I just kind of didn't think about it. So, yeah. and whether it's a subconscious or whatever, you know, it's like, it's like that's always the best music. Totally, yeah. Something that 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 is just like, you know, it's genuine because there there's no um, there, there's no nothing forcing it in any direction. It's just it's just what kind of organically comes out of someone's mind through a guitar or a piano or a horn or whatever. Right? Absolutely, and just log- There's no logic involved. It's like you're you're there's a little bit of setup, and then you kind of let it go. And I, I you know, I've done a lot of music where I've really thought painstakingly about every note that's what classical composition is right and that's what i think lacks in that that's why i got out of that whole scene really because to me it was it was too much thinking and not enough fe- feeling like i just like to pick up a guitar and, and just i can play a solo and i'm like well i would i could have never thought of that yeah <laughs> you know like or, or or ripping you know blues solo or or even a riff if i if i if i get in a mode if i'm jamming with somebody we come up with something it's it's usually going back to that initial inspiration that idea and then the, the trick is the real key is and with any style is you get that initial inspiration but then how are you going to refine it there's all the craftsmanship comes in, right yeah because right. it, it's a very different releasing just the complete brain vomit of everything <laughs> and just putting it out versus taking oh. it and honing it and, and choosing the parts that, that work and, and everything like that. Yeah. That's what really separates. I think uh, a lot of the, the projects I was in from not going anywhere, even though they were great, we'd have a band or something, get together and make a recording. It's like, this is fantastic. Like right off the bat, you have this great inspirational idea, but then it's like, okay, well now we, here comes the work. We've got to really kind of, you know, refine this into something that, is going to make the best of the idea. And yeah. that's, you could, you could sit there, you know, I've worked on songs and, and I, in my computer where, you know, I'm moving a beat around for weeks. Like you can, you can really get lost in it. And that's. Well, it's about knowing to where to stop, right? It's about knowing where to let it exist as itself rather than, you know, overworking it and, and editing it too much. It's going to lose the, the initial it of it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, with every style, I mean, that's, that's, that's with everything jazz. really creative at all. A painting, I, uh, you know, writing a book anything. Yeah. It's just, you, you spend too much time refining it and it's going to lose the essence of it. Exactly. So that's where it all comes. It's knowing when to say when, and it's knowing it's also when you're doing that 
like you said, that brain dump or that inspiration, when you're just going for it and you're just getting all the ideas come, coming down, it's having that taste to go back and recognizing the good ideas too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, that's, that's a lot of it. So, I mean, that's kind of the, I, I, the process I try to apply to everything. But uh, it, it, when, I'm, when I'm doing the guitar stuff, it's so much easier to record an album because it's just one instrument. Like balancing drums, like programming drums and and um, making beats and then playing bass and then doing the vocals, the melodies and balancing that all. That's, that's all takes a lot longer, which is why I haven't put out any, I put out a couple songs in the last year. Um, one's called town of redemption. One's called number one and uh, tomorrow's rain, just kind of trying to get back into that of uh, producing whole songs. Right. Yeah. But um, it takes a lot more um, work than, than just doing solo, you know, instrument stuff for sure. What is, um, I mean, I know that, you know, like we've mentioned, the shows have dried up because of the pandemic going on. You know, things are hopefully going to get better. Who knows? I mean, I, I record these ahead of time, so I always get nervous about saying things are going to get better because, you know, by the time it comes out, something worse could have happened. But, like, <laughs> assuming, assuming you know, uh, next week suddenly shows are back to complete normal and you can play wherever you want, you can, you can what, what is sort of your goal, I guess, um, with new mu- music you're making to, to be able to put it out there in the world? Are you going to just sort of mainly focus on recording uh, or are you going to go out there and try to get as many shows as you can as well no i'd like to get I'm, I'm i'd like to with this next album i'm gonna totally my plan is to get a band together and um perform it even if i just you know get the park theater or something for a night or um uh, and and do that kind of performance but yeah uh that's the whole idea maybe play some so definitely play some shows um but that's you know this is that's the next step probably in three or four months luckily the the pandemic is i don't have to think about that right now like it, it just seems like a bad time to start thinking about gigs but i'm definitely yeah. thinking i'm going to perform the songs and then as far as um you know guitar performances and stuff i i, I played a lot of those and uh just solo things um I'd maybe be interested in doing some acoustic shows where I can do some vocals, but I actually have a, a duo right now. We're called the incidentals and we just released our first album called introducing the incidentals. Um, and with Rob Patchell, he's like, he plays with the, uh, like the windups and right. he's a lot of local music. So he plays ukulele. I play classical guitar and we do like a, we do an Aphex twin cover. We do some really, put some really interesting stuff that cool. we've written. He's written a lot actually. And uh, so we're hoping to get some gigs as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of excited to play live again. I'm getting all ramped up to play live. I love playing live. There's nothing like that electricity of the crowd. And yeah. uh, I was lucky to do tons of that when I lived out in BC uh, and, and, and in Winnipeg too. But out there, it was just easy to play gigs all the time. You tour around to these little ski towns, right? Oh, I guess, yeah. And you got a built-in audience there too, right? Because people are hanging out after skiing and yeah, yeah.
I know we mentioned it at the beginning, but like that that show that I met you on however many years ago. It, it, for people who didn't know, Mom's House was a. Uh, it was kind of like this, but it was a video uh, project, and they had live performances, and you were one of the guests, and I talked to you for like fifteen minutes, and then it was cut with uh, different songs you performed, and I think that like. That almost seems like at this point in time, like it, it, it was ahead of its time because everyone's kind of finding ways to do little videoed performances and and put out music yeah. in a different way. And it, it all it sucks that they, they they stopped doing it because that would have been like the perfect timing. And I feel like um, some of the stuff you're talking about too is an example, a good example of, of someone sort of taking advantage of this shitty situation we're in and and finding ways to to, to still be a creative. I mean, with the you know the meditation music and stuff. That's that's. Um, like it said, it's unusual, but you're finding ways to, to still be involved. So that sort of connects to what you're saying at the beginning too, about just all of these projects you've done. It doesn't seem like too much of a leap for you to be doing that when you've already done classical and, and rock and blues and every you know, and so on and so forth. So I almost feel like your kind of nebulous um, identity as a musician has, has helped you in this time where things are out of the out of whack. Absolutely. I mean, and it's always helped me. Uh, throughout my whole life it's just like I've always been able to find a gig because I, I just never would say oh I don't know about that style like I, I'll play with your reggae band or yeah. a folk band or uh, I could teach or I could you know and I could write your uh, your soundtrack or, or whatever right so that 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 nebulous idea is is correct and uh, yeah um, and, and that mum's house sh- that was a great show and it you're right cool. it's bad that the production value was amazing because they had great cameras and they would film it in the, just this living room, but it had a beautiful set and uh, it was a great way to get, they, they kind of stopped right before I think everyone was starting to watch yeah. live, like live streaming just took off and they kind of stopped doing that. But that was cool. That I, I did a, a Tom Waits song on there uh, going out West and I did yeah. uh, calculator watch a song off my, uh, my LinkedIn album. Yeah, that was it. Was cool. It was. A, I wish. I wish that I want to do that. Like, I wish that this was that. You know, I wish we could be doing this in like a cool set and with all these cameras and stuff. But this I'll have to do for now. But yeah. Well, this is this is my whole idea now too. Is like I I want to set up more um, a studio where I also record it, but I want to make it a more of a broadcast studio to do like just live performances and just talk about guitar. Maybe like yeah. do some 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 of this kind of thing but where it's like i'm explaining things on the guitar and teaching a little bit and i do that with the guitarfulness i do like live videos and put them out there uh, it was just me playing these classical guitar these ambient classical guitar songs that i write kind of and they do well like my my youtube channel it's called it's just guitarfulness if you want to check it out and that's f-u-l-n-e-s-s like okay. like mindfulness but guitar and uh so that youtube channel is kind of done well but i'd like to do something exactly like 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 mum's house except have it going all the time so i can just do a little uh, you know uh version of a song and yeah. and get feedback and have people on and Kind of like what you you know, and and like what you're doing exactly is is so great. But yeah, you could uh, if you had the mum's house. That's why it was cool because you came and did the interview, and then there was all the video to go along. Yeah, with. it was neat. It was neat. I, I so wherever those guys are now, I, I sincerely hope they, <laughs> they try to pull it back together again. Um, one of the things I meant to ask you earlier was uh, you know you're talking about uh, when you started out and playing recording these four track songs and everything. Do you still have any of that stuff? Like, do, are you one of those guys who holds on to everything? I'm one of those guys who holds on to everything. I have tapes of all my old bands and stuff, but do you keep that stuff? Absolutely. Like, that was, uh, it was a four-track X-15, and it was, I bought it off my, uh, I was taking classical guitar lessons from the guy at the university, and he told me to take lessons from this guy named Mike Dayer, amazing classical guitar player, and he was into recording. Cool. So he had his own studio. But he sold me his four track, which I, I had my free press. You know, I was delivering papers and I had all this. I think I had to borrow a hundred bucks off my mom or something. I remember it was 400 bucks when I bought it. And it was, uh, it was amazing to me because uh, I could layer things up. Yeah. So, and, and, and with, I still have the, the, uh, I've got two milk crates of the cassettes. Nice got the four track recorder and i, I you know I, i'm always trying to doing new things so you know you know, how, you know how you like you keep this stuff but it's like you never really go back to it because you're always doing something new like so i keep meaning to just get them over here to, to, like they're in my parents basement actually <laughs> plug it into my um computer and just dump the tracks all in straight up and then i could remix them yeah uh, and 
hear what I did back then because I think there was some pretty wild stuff. I mean, I'd like to hear it because I remember it as being great. But I mean, that's in high school. I'd do songs for everybody. It doesn't matter what project. They would come over to my house. We'd do a song on steroids or To Kill a Mockingbird or like, uh, you know, The Handmaid's Tale, whatever book. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Well, I'm glad, glad to hear you kept it because I think there's I think that like especially especially now now that everything is very easily recorded because everyone has you know a, even on their phone they can record some some kind of quality like there's no reason not to preserve everything I mean if someone's you know bad practice tape it you know maybe something really cool happened tape it is I guess yeah. the old time language yeah. but you record it and then maybe there's something useful there that that could be of value and it just seems it, it shocks me I mean I haven't been in a band in, in over well over a decade but it shocks me that like people aren't just recording everything because you can especially now yeah I mean yeah. with a tune recorder I mean it's a digital file nothing um like I've always done that and actually yes I, I have a uh a dat machine too and i think i have an eight act even oh, nice. I don't know if it was a vhs thing that we rented to record some stuff me and some friends back in the in the mid 90s but the dat machine i've got like stacks of dat tapes uh that because that was the main thing i used from probably like 99 to 2006 or something you know with cubase and a dat machine but uh and then uh when we played in disaster man we would go around we record all our shows on mini discs so oh, yeah, yeah. My, my friend jeremy was the bass player he's got this all stacked away at his place but these mini discs are probably hundreds of our shows which again i'd like to go back and hear one day but it's and then after that we switched to the zoom recorders this one of those h4s yep. like those things are awesome we'd put that at the back of the room every show and and tape it so it's uh it, it's nice to have for sure for sure well again i'm glad, glad to hear you have it I mean, hopefully one day you have the time and the wherewithal to, to just sit down and go through go through some boxes because i bet there's some cool stuff in there absolutely yeah so, no i bet there is so for people who are new to your music um and want to hear you what's the best way to find you online at this point i know you have a bunch of projects where would you sort of send people to uh to find your stuff well you can go to um at guitar phone uh yeah well let's see like there's jason eastwood uh, jason okay facebook slash jason g eastwood is my facebook okay it's, uh instagram is uh at jason g eastwood um uh guitarfulness is at facebook slash guitarfulness i've got lots of uh, videos on there and then youtube guitarfulness i just started a youtube channel jason eastwood so and then jason eastwood music.com so i mean any of those you can always find me cool and so you're, you're all over the place someone just looks for your name and it's going to turn up in some in some yeah. fashion yeah absolutely yeah. awesome awesome
Angels are watching you. 